Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Rhodes? Well, we're going, we don't need Rhodes. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. No, I am your father. You're listening to After the Ending, the only film podcast where we tell you what happens after the ending of your favorite films. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Spring and Phil Edwards. Hello and welcome to After the Ending. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And Phil, it is time for a mini episode. How do you feel Yay, about that? I'm all up, always up for a mini episode. Yeah, yeah, good times. I like doing our little top five lists here, don't you? Yeah, we always have a, a mini episode of things going on in the real world of happening, and that's the case this, this week, so let's crack on with it, shall we? Yes, well, this week we are tackling our top five Best Picture Oscar-winning films. Now, that's not obviously just from this past Oscars, but that's what sort of inspired this list. But we're looking back through the, the last 89 years of Academy Awards and looking at all the films that have won for Best Picture, which are often not necessarily the Best Picture, uh, and picking our favorite films out of those Oscar-winning movies. So this is, I think, an interesting list because at least I found it interesting, Phil, in that a lot of times the movies that were picked were not favorites of mine. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I was going through the list. I mean, there's some great movies there, but lots, lots of them I had enjoyed, uh, but wouldn't want to really watch again. Right. I mean, Oscar-winning films definitely fit a certain sort of formula, and, and that is typically not a formula that I always tend to enjoy. Uh, so it's um, it was definitely interesting to put it together. I mean, I definitely found some films that I, I love. But going through 89 years, I thought it would be a harder list to pare down, and my top five formed pretty quickly, actually. Yeah, I got my first three quite quickly, and then it was just the last couple, just back and forth on a few films. Right, right. But of so. course, we're saying it's hard to pick, you know, a Best Picture winner, but this year we did we did get two Best Picture winners. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yes, for a, for a brief time, anyway. <laughs> it was La La Moonlight. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well... <sighs> We won't discuss the yeah. which of those films. Because there's been many columns and internet posts going on about that. So Yeah. Yeah, we'll skip on that. Yeah. Okay then, so that's the setup. What have you got then, Mike, for your number five? Well, my number five is actually the winner for Best Picture from this year, La La Land. Oh, <laughs> darn it. <sighs> I, I, I got caught up and I forgot for a minute. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So, no, it's not Moonlight, actually. Uh, I was hoping La La Land would have won because then it would have made my list easily because I loved that movie. But, unfortunately, the Academy made <laughs> – what I'm gonna, I was going to say the wrong choice, but I guess that's subjective. But they didn't make the choice I would have made. So my number five is actually from 1972, and it is The Godfather, uh, Francis Ford Coppola's first – uh, epic film, one of the most popular and beloved films of all time. And um, yeah, I have mixed emotions about the entire Godfather saga, but I really yeah. do love the first film. I, th I think it's pretty brilliant, amazing performances, and just really a great classic movie in every sense of the word. That's my that's my number five pick. Definitely a great film, and I do love it, but it didn't quite make my list. It was one of the ones that went back and forth. But uh, actually, it was one of those films I didn't see for a long, long time. Right, I me too. I, I think I was in my 30s when I finally saw it. I don't know why it took me so long, but it is a, it's a stunning piece of film. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, then, well, my number five is uh, 1992. It's uh, Western. It's Unforgiven, directed by Clint Eastwood. Mm, good choice. Yeah, because uh, I really like that. This was uh, one of those many times when people have been uh, – one of those times when people say the Western has died. You know, they're never going to make another decent Western. 
Uh, it seems to happen every like five or six years. You hear that, but right, uh, right. this was one of those times. And then suddenly Clint Eastwood, you know, the ultimate uh, cowboy, he turned up with Unforgiven, about a retired mm -hmm. cowboy, you know, a retired gunslinger who was asked to do do some business with the old pistols, and uh, he heads off with Morgan Freeman. Pair them up with Gene Hackman and Richard Harris, and it's a uh, it's an acting superstorm of talent, but it's a great story, great uh, action. Well, the big shootout at the end is amazing as well, but that's uh, my number five. Very good pick. Uh, didn't make my list, but certainly a, a film that I do enjoy. Very good. Okay, so number four. Yes, my number four harkens back to the days of classic Hollywood, and it is 1934's It Happened One Night, mm. starring Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert. And uh, it's one of the original screwball comedies. I won a slew of Oscars, including Best Picture. And it's one of those movies, you know, I've we've talked on the show before about how much I love classic Hollywood. But, you know, there is a lot of a lot of good and bad movies to slog through from back in yeah. the day, just like there are nowadays. And so it happened one night I didn't see for the first time until a few years ago. And uh, I finally watched it. And it's just fantastic. I mean, there, there's... You know, there's some behaviors that are a little out of date these days, but the, the the interplay between Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert and sort of this whole not liking each other at first and then falling in love type of story, which has become so commonplace nowadays, yeah. um, but wasn't as much back then. You know, it's, it's just terrific. It's funny. It's charming. Uh, it's a very enjoyable movie, and uh, I really do love it. That's my number four. Another excellent pick. Can't go wrong with that one. Uh, well, my number four, it's the oldest one on my list. It's from 1962, and it is Lawrence of Arabia, starring Peter O'Toole and directed by David Lean. It's got stunning, stunning scenery, uh, amazing acting, great story. Epic is the perfect description for it. Oh, yeah. And you've got Omar Sharif as well coming out of the desert on his camel. That's so many classic moments, classic scenes. And Michael Fassbender really liked it in Prometheus. So <laughs> Right. <laughs> You know, I, uh, I mean, it's a great it's a great pick. I think the reason it didn't make my list is I I really like the first four hours, but I find that the second four <laughs> hours goes on just a just a touch too long. For, it is it is a long one, me. but I, I feel it's more when you're watching it at home, it, it can drag on or feel like it drags on because I saw it uh, a few years ago on the cinema, right? And I just it, it felt like it flew by. It just didn't seem long enough. Yeah, no, I can't I can't argue with that. I just uh, like I said for me, you know, I, I always really love the first half of the film, and I get into it, and then by that by that third hour or so, I do start to go. This yeah. can move along a little bit faster. That's just me. I, oh, I have a short attention. To totally spin. understandable. It also helps that I, I once went to Jordan and was in some of the places where he filmed. Oh yeah, there you it. go. It's nice when you have a connection with a film like that. Yeah, you, you suddenly get the scale for it all. Right. Right. And in a very, very similar way, I have a connection like that with Jaws 3 uh, because of when they filmed it at SeaWorld and I, and I lived there. I mean, that's then those two films are of almost the same quality. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think okay. you can say Lawrence of Arabia without without thinking about Jaws 3. I think it comes up. I know. That's why I didn't mention it because it's such an obvious connection. <laughs> right. I mean, they're yeah. on the same list all the time. Yeah, t totally. I mean, it's always – they're always like neck and neck. Right. Right, you know, exactly. That that it. scene when, yeah. when Omar Sharif rides a shark out of the ocean. <laughs> that that brings a tear to my eye every single time. <laughs> how, how can it not, really? Yeah. And what, a, what a score. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah. It's just beautiful. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> All right. Well, my number three is a slightly more modern film, and it is The Silence of the Lambs from 1991. Really one of my favorite movies. Uh, I think it was my number one or two when we did when we did 1991 on our top ten list. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's Silence of the Lambs. What more do I really have to say about it? Anthony Hopkins is brilliant. The whole movie is brilliant. And it's one of those ones, again, where every time I watch it, there's parts that I forget, and I feel like I'm watching it again for the first time. Because you always remember the certain pieces, the bits with Hannibal Lecter and everything. But, you know, he's only in the film for 14 minutes. And then the rest of it is this yeah. great, this great mystery thriller suspense movie, and and that's the stuff that you forget about. And it's just it's just so good, and I really do love it. So that's my number. I know three. exactly what you mean. I love that scene where you have like the SWAT team coming up to the door, 
Right. And, you know, you think, they got, you think they're doing that and then there's a knock. And then he opens the door and it's actually Clarice standing there and you're, you're somewhere totally else. Yeah, it's yeah. Somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, so well done. An excellent film. That was uh, one that bubbled under my top five but didn't make the list. Fair enough. But my number three is Platoon. Yeah, so, of course, it's the uh, stars Charlie Sheen alongside a huge cast of, like, Tom Berenger, Keith David, Forrest Whitaker, Willem Dafoe, Kevin Dillon, John C. McGinley. But uh, Oliver Stone wrote and directed it. It's a great one. And, uh, one of my favorite Vietnam movies. Uh, and it's just a supremely well-made war movie. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, this is going to be a common refrain, I think. Didn't quite make my list, but was definitely on my short list. I did consider it. It is, it is a great movie, especially for Oliver Stone, who I'm not always a big fan of. Yeah, this one, he just he got everything right. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. Very good. All right, well, my number two is a movie that I think we may still be hearing from you about, and it is... 1973's The Sting, <laughs> which is a movie that we have talked about quite a few times on this show. I know we did a we did a Quizmaster Deathmatch about it. I think I believe it was on our our top. We did 1973 not that long ago, so I won't go on too much about it. But I mean, Robert Redford, Paul Newman. It's a con movie. It's funny. It's charming, and you're going to talk about it soon, I think. So uh, <laughs> yeah. that's my number two pick. <laughs> okay, well, my number two pick is uh, is not that one, but uh, you're on the right track. But it's. Uh... 1975's One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Ah, uh, very good. Directed by Miles Foreman and starring Jack Nicholson, uh, Scatman Crothers, Danny DeVito, uh, Louise Fletcher, and loads of people. You watch it and you go, oh, that's so-and-so. I've seen that guy. It's loads of people in it, but it's uh, one of Jack Nicholson's best performances. You know, it goes into the, ins the insane asylum or whatever, the politically correct way of saying it is. <laughs> but uh, he tries to beat the system and he almost gets there. But uh, yeah, it's a great... Great character study, and it just it just gets you every time. Yeah, it's one of the few Jack Nicholson films that I actually like. So that yes, that tells yes. you something. Uh, clearly, didn't make my list, uh, not because of Jack Nicholson. I do I do like the movie, but it's not one of the ones that I, I like to you know go back and watch yeah, all the yeah. time. But but it's certainly a great film. All right, well, my number one will come to no surprise uh, to anybody who's ever listened to the show <laughs> ever at all, <laughs> yeah. any episode, just about. I was just gonna say, yeah, when I was going through the list, there was one which popped out and went, oh. Yes. Yeah, pretty obvious. That's Mike's number one. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty clear. Uh, it is, for those of you who, who may not have figured it out just yet, it is 1942's Casablanca, uh, which we all know, I think, is the greatest movie ever made. Um, and I will talk about it ad nauseum until people are tired of hearing about it uh, in person, on social media. It doesn't, on the podcast, doesn't matter. It, it you know, for a film that well, well on paper it shouldn't have worked should it it's, right it's a big mess right exactly it's a film had a lot of things working against it and it wasn't even a universally acclaimed film when it came out it wasn't like it came out and every critic adored it it did have its detractors back in the day it was a success but it wasn't a monster hit it wasn't like a gone with the wind you know one of the most profitable movies of all time yeah yeah but it did win the academy award for best picture which is definitely one that the academy got right and it is my favorite movie of all time and if you haven't seen it i've said this a million times but if you haven't seen it go watch it it's it's magical i'll keep it short yeah. today but that's that's my number one obviously I, and if you if you did see it when you're a bit younger and you weren't too sure about it go watch it again because it's uh it's one of those ones where you i, I know a few people who the first time you've gone well I, I was good but i don't see what all the fuss is about but then you watch it again and it's you suddenly go oh yeah, yeah yeah i think i know a lot of people who kind of watch it as a kid and think that counts as seeing it and i'm not saying that to be negative i just mean like you don't you can't catch all the nuance in the film and and, and, and a lot of the jokes and stuff that will go over your head like it's definitely not a film for you know young viewers it's a film that adults can really appreciate take the time to watch it and and i think you'll be rewarded okay well my number one then is no surprise it is uh 1973's the sting i had a feeling <laughs> yes my my esteemed colleague on the other side of the atlantic uh hit the nail on the head it's one of the best 
con movies of all time. It's got brilliant performances by Paul Newman, Robert Redford, Robert Shaw. Well, the whole ensemble. It's I mean, you need the whole gang of the people that yet to help set up Robert Shaw. Right. But it's uh, it's got great set dressing. Looks amazing. We've had the great acting. A great script, which keeps you guessing. And even every time you watch it, you go, "Well, I know what happens," but you're still going, "Oh yeah, but I forgot about that bit." Right. And that's how they did that. Yep. And the final final scene, you're just going, "Oh my god!" It's even you can still watch it and, and enjoy it, even though you know what they did or what they do. Yeah. But uh, it's my favourite Best Picture Oscar winner. That's 1973's The Sting. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, had it not been for Casablanca, it would have been mine as well, because I do really, really love The Sting. But obviously, we all knew Casablanca was going to take it from me. But uh, oh, yeah, The, the Sting yeah. is a very close second. It's it's utterly fantastic. But that's a, that's a nice selection of films to watch. Yeah. All those ones. Yeah, it would only yeah. take you about 77 hours to get through those uh, those yeah. films. <laughs> True, but if you... If you if you're listening out there and I'm trying to, you know, looking for something to do over the next few weekends, you know, you want a series of films, we've just given you the perfect list of classic movies. It's true. This is definitely a, a list of movies that are both true classics, but also enjoyable, which I think is key. You know, so yes, many, yes. So many Oscar winning films can be important or meaningful, but not necessarily fun to watch. <laughs> Moonlight. <clears throat> Sorry. Pulled something <laughs> caught in my throat no, just then. You're right, though. It can be a brilliant film. But it might not be your favorite. Right, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, pretty good. Uh, some pretty good films there. If you haven't seen any of them, we do recommend checking them out. Yep. All right, well, that should wrap up our mini episode, our, our top five Oscar-winning Best Picture films. Uh, next week, we do have something a little bit special planned. Phil, why don't you tell people what we've got going on next week? At the time of recording this, a few days ago, we heard the sad news that Bill Paxton uh, sadly passed away. So we'll, next week, we'll be doing our top five Bill Paxton roles. Yeah. So we'll have be going through some of his films and talking about the great man yeah i mean i think it's fair to say that he was a favorite of both of ours and uh we wanted to pay tribute to him but we, you know it happened so quickly we wanted to have a chance to sort of ruminate and, and go through his filmography maybe rewatch a few films so we'll be back next week to talk about some some bill paxton movies and, and roles that that we really loved so definitely make sure you you join us then for that hey, i hope you've enjoyed this show as we say there'll be another mini episode about bill paxton next week uh, thank you for listening. Yes, as always, I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And we'll see you next week. After the ending. Oh, definitely, yeah. And it's, uh, there's always a reason for these, obviously. Oh, come on. Yes, you know, you know, gosh, can't speak in good start. <laughs> That's okay. I'm sure, I'm sure it's probably going to be one of those nights where it's like, oh, this will be easy, and then we'll just end up messing up for, you know, 30 <laughs> minutes straight. Yeah. Four hours of nothing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That'll be fantastic. Yeah. I can't wait to edit that. <laughs> sure thing. So this week we are tackling our top five Oscar winning best picture. No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> See? It's not just you. It's contagious. Starring uh, Charlie Sheen. God, why don't I get them all? <laughs> there are other people in that movie, you know. <laughs>